we've been talking about all kinds of other stuff. I'm just glad to have Chili back. Um, Are you? We had a guest come on. <clears throat> she brought you a whole pack of oatmeal cream pies, and Chad ate nearly half of them. They're sitting up there. Oh, Miss really? Stephanie Jones, yeah. Yeah. Were those for me? Yeah, of course. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Uh, I will be eating those on the bike ride tomorrow. <laughs> Unless Chad has something to do about I, it, you might not. <laughs> I really want to hear about that school you went to, Chili. Uh, you know, I did... Did anything ever come of your relationship with the Brazilian girl? <laughs> I think that other guy got in the way of it. Well, you know, you never asked her age. That don't matter to me. You were interested in uh, kind of kindling that relationship, but she was like mid to late 30s. Chili don't play that. <laughs> what do you play? Dude, I'm mid-30s. Yeah, I'm 22. I know. You ain't got to eat that microphone, by the way, son. Well, it sounds low. <laughs> this guy. What are you doing with your hand? This guy's struggling already this <laughs> trying morning. Trying to hold it. Hey, this guy's struggling. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, did, did you... So, I don't see anything wrong with that personally. I mean, I well, think there's nothing it, wrong with it. I'm just, I wasn't interested. I think it's wise of a man if he's going to enter into a relationship to do that with an older lady that has some more life experience. Is that why, is that why you did that? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I'm saying now that I'm older and I have this oh, wisdom. He would have done it different. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Oh, you better stop. <laughs> um, did she have money? Chad, I wasn't interested. You were interested for me. I wasn't interested. We're going to find you a woman one day. You I may, have, but... I have requests coming through on Instagram on the reg asking if Chili is single. Well, I don't believe yes, that. Chili is single and ready to mingle. And I'm about to. What ask, does single mean? Ask, single wide? Single what? Single what? You don't have a. a you, you are not in a relationship with a female. Well, that is true. Okay, that's <laughs> what single means. Hey, by the way, I think my, maybe even tomorrow y'all won't be here. It'll be too late when you hear this. But I think every so often, I'm going to open up a three or seven project team PT session. To the public. Oh. And if you're local, because I get messages all the time from local people that are part of the body of 307 Project that want that they want to come train. They don't have, I don't know, maybe they don't have a bunch of people that do all this crazy training stuff like we do. So I think every so often, I'm just going to put it out on Instagram uh, and maybe on the podcast. Y'all know how I am. Everything I do is last minute. Um, so if you just happen to be available when I put it out and you just happen to see it, I think you can actually turn your notifications on where when I post a story or something in, in Instagram, you, it'll pop up and show you that. But if you just happen to see that, you might join us for a 3 to 7 Project PT. If you're a female that's interested in 
talking to Chili, getting to know him a little better. Oh, this would be a perfect place to do that. Matchmaker PT. Perfect opportunity I- for you to do that. No, <clears throat> I'm, I'm speaking right now. Um, About me. By the way, if we do decide to do this and open these PTs up to the public every so often, understand that this is a PT session. And if you show up, it means you need to keep up or you will get left behind. This is not a come and get coached by Chad session. This is a come, hang out, have fellowship, get after it PT session. If you want to get coached, you got to come out to the basic course or the proven grounds or something like this. So it's a come, get after it, or meet Chili session is what this is if you're a female. Um, Chili's only interested in females. <laughs> yeah, let's make so. that clear. But, <laughs> but, uh, here's here's another thing i'm you know growing up in high school everybody was so concerned with having a girlfriend you know and girls were concerned with having a boyfriend it it didn't matter whether you're a guy or a girl you were concerned with having somebody else yeah you know they had to they just oh they felt wrong if they didn't have a girlfriend that 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 makes no sense to me back off that mic a little bit there you go. Is that better? Oh, yeah, that's better. <laughs> I know you're getting used to that new mic. I'm just trying to help you. Okay, carry on. What that? Quit, quit holding it up with your other hand. <laughs> it's falling down, Chad. You What's wrong with the, you? Tighten the knob over there. Put your man hands on it, son. We Look call it salge down on it. Salge down on that thing, boy. You're about to tick me off. <laughs> carry on with your conversation. <laughs> Well, all I'm saying is that's how people were and still are, no matter what how old they are in college and everything, age and beyond. And I don't understand that. I, I don't I don't want to have a girlfriend for the sake of having a girlfriend. That makes no sense to me. If I meet somebody that I am interested in, then I'll go from there. But I'm not just gonna go try to find some random person that Fills that criteria. I mean, what? I don't blame you. No, I just I don't blame if someone you. comes into my life that I don't want to it's, see go out of my life, then I'll do something about that. It's got to be your best friend. She's got to be your best friend. I mean, I have no interest in just having a girlfriend so I can be like, "Yep, I got one." Yeah, but the only way for you to meet your best friend of the opposite sex is for us to put it out and and no, that's not the only way. Draw Are you, them what's wrong with you? you? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. We're trying to draw them unto you, Chili. That stuff will happen. Okay, man. Naturally, I don't, or maybe not. Maybe I'm like Paul and I'll never be married. That's fun too. Yeah, that's uh. Oh, all right. So on this Jeez. podcast today. We're going to talk about some different stuff. Uh, We got a question, a listener question earlier, and we'll try to hit this. You know, we'll try to hit this. Blake and Chili don't like it, but I think it needs to at least be addressed on some level. I love the topic. It says, this is from Austin Shib. (laughs) Sorry, Austin. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It's probably. I'm certain that it's not. It's but probably Sheeb. Sheeb. <laughs> Austin sent us a message on Instagram. Said, "Chad, I enjoy your show and your message. Uh, I appreciate that you guys aren't scared to share beliefs in Jesus. Um, how do you feel about vaccine mandates? 
politics aside from a biblical standpoint. So we'll try to hit that here in just a second. Anyways, this podcast is brought to you by Natural Rapport. Have you guys, are you, you got Natural Rapport, don't you? Blake? <laughs> Lord, yeah. Yeah. Natural Rapport. Look, man, this is the way to go for your dog treats, your dog supplements, your grooming supplies. Daggone, I'm checking out their new website. They even got aquarium supplies now. I have a fish. I didn't know they had aquarium supplies. Get on it, son. I've got a fish, man. I do not um, have any fish. We did used to have one. But I think we give our fish to y'all when we moved. Yeah, I, I don't remember what happened to him. Anyways, <laughs> Natural Rapport makes uncomplicated pet essentials. Um, also, their products, the dog treats, grooming supplies, everything, it's made in America. Mm-hmm. All right? it's This stuff is actually good for your dogs. They've got beef heart jerky. They've got chews. They've got all. They've got a, anything that you need for your dog. They've got it. All right. This stuff looks so dang good. No kidding. I would eat it. If you just, it's like a, this could actually, natural pork could actually be a, an emergency food supply for the whole family. Yeah. I mean, this stuff looks freaking awesome. And when you give it to your dog, you can tell they love it, and they love you for it, and it makes you feel good that you're giving them the best that you can give them because I guarantee you that dog's giving you the best that they can give you because a dog is a wonderful example of unconditional love on earth. It's, it's so amazing how the, that relationship no wonder they call a dog man's best friend. I mean, it's the it's it's such a beautiful picture of a relationship on earth. At least us with our dogs, that's the way it is. Man, I love them. I know their life is short. This is why we feed them natural rapport, why we treat them with natural rapport products. Not to mention the companies owned by solid men mm-hmm. that have good beliefs. Um and values support the companies like Natural Rapport that support this podcast. Support the companies that believe in the things that you believe in. That's the only way this is going to work, guys. All right? So check them out. NattyRap.com, N-A-T-T-Y-R-A-P.com for anything you need for your dog. These are single-ingredient treats Made in America, not the wet market down in Wuhan, China, <laughs> shipped to Walmart, which those those dog treats have well have actually killed people's dogs. All right, so um, yeah, Natural Rapport. Give them a follow on Instagram. I'll attach a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. If you got dogs, go get you some or fish or fish. Now, if you got an aquarium, dude, I got to check that out, man. Because we need to clean our dang fish tank. Keep your water cleaner and your fish happier. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Dude, do you know what Brooke named our fish? Yeah, don't even say it on the podcast. Okay. It's vulgar. Okay. (laughs) All right. 
I'll attack. Hey, I'll also give you guys a pro code for Natural Rapport. It's in the show notes of this episode. Natural Rapport, thank you for sponsoring the 3 of 7 podcast. We love you guys. We love what you stand for. And thank you for putting out an awesome American made product. Because that means something. It ain't easy to get your crap made in America. Yeah. The government don't make it easy <laughs> to do that. Mm-mm. All right. So there you go. Thank you. Um So tell me about that tell me about that school, man. Well, you know the first thing I noticed was before I get into that is the squirrels are different in North Carolina. I've heard that before. I'm dead serious. They don't run from you in North Carolina. They just look at you hmm. like you're supposed to run. There ain't enough squirrel hunters around there then. It's the weirdest thing. I, I There was one, I was walking down the steps, and it was at the bottom. And, you know, when you're walking down the step, squirrels run off or skittish or whatever. It just turned and looked at me. That's the first thing I noticed. I had you should to get- have knocked that joker in the head and took it and fried it on, uh, cooked it over a campfire. It'd have been better than that McDonald's you was eating. <laughs> had to get that out of the way about the squirrels. But anyway, um, the class was really good. I want to. I really do want to. What's give, the class called? Uh, it's a. Well, it was at the Nantahala Outdoor Center, um, and the organization is called Solo. Um, and they're based out of like New Hampshire, but this was the solo Southeast that goes out of Nantahala Outdoor Center. And I took a wilderness first responder course and 10 days, right? Yeah. Eight nights, nine days. Um, they, but what, what really made that awesome, I think was I could see how that would be pretty miserable actually, if you had a bad instructor. But the guy I had, his name was Ken Philbrick. Uh, he was top notch. He was, he did a fantastic job. I, I really appreciated him, and he made class enjoyable. Um, he taught a lot of information that I had no clue about. Um, I thought he, I thought he did a really good job, and he was, he was a cool guy. He's done the Appalachian Trail. Um, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Um, traveled all over, so. He was a medic in the military. Uh, he was he had a cool background. So um, I was that's what really made it enjoyable. Um, but no, I learned I learned a lot of stuff. Every day was busy. It was about eight hours every day. One day was twelve hours because we did a night scenario. Um, oh really? Mm-hmm. We we had scenarios every day that we had to make you know put ourselves in that rescue role and. Um, that, that's where you learn the most, you know, or at least I do where you're actually acting it out or not. Act, I mean, it is acting, but you know, get using your hands yeah. and, and doing the stuff, not just listening off of a whiteboard. Uh, so the scenarios I really enjoyed the night scenario was cool. We, we had to hike up. It wasn't on it. The Appalachian trail actually goes literally right through this place. I mean, I stepped out of my classroom and I was stepping on the trail. It's kind of crazy how it is. This is actually another trail. It's called the Flint Ridge Trail. It's really steep. You have to walk up at a... We probably walked a quarter mile. And basically, we come upon these people that they've been bloodied up with all this makeup and uh, have, you know, fake bones sticking out. Mass casualty. It was a, um, a MCI. 
multiple or mass casualty incident and they you know we had all kinds of gear um which you may not always have so that that was kind of something that could be different in a real scenario but yeah we just had to get them out and uh utilize what we had learned and this wasn't even at the well this was towards the end but not the very last thing and it was difficult it was you have to work as a team um but i thought we did a i thought we did a really good job and man that just taught me so much it you know i think i think i knew just on instincts and common sense what to do in a lot of situations but it really it 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 shows how much you don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how much you would have screwed up bad if if you ha- didn't have some of this training so it it was really cool, you know. We we extracted, we took care of the patients, stopped any bleeding that they had, and basically just had to extract them down, down that uh, that that ridge there. And and that's another thing I noticed. If if anybody wants to be a medic in the wilderness or or have any kind of get any of this training, you need to be fit. It's it does no good to have this training if you're not fit yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a legitimate piece of advice like if you if you want to be able to do some of this stuff if you don't have the ability to you know hike a long ways and carry people out you know you may not be able to actually get them the help that they need to save their life so you know being fit yourself is really important and uh i don't know i i I enjoyed certain aspects of it much more than i thought i would yeah yeah Um, it was it was good well it's valuable training it really is, man. Yeah. If, if you want to go get trained up on one specific thing, medical's way up high on the list, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're our primary medic now. <laughs> well, one thing, you know, I'm not a gear guy. I don't like, that's just how I am. I like basically going in the woods with nothing. But that's one thing that was cool about this is, a lot of the scenarios we played out, we had a lot of gear to use, um, but we also did a lot where you don't have much, like improvising splints yeah. and improvising tourniquets and um, you know, improvising a litter to carry somebody out with. I mean, it was really cool, kind of both sides. Like, here's what you do if you had, you know, a tourniquet's better if you have that, yeah. but if you don't, what do you do? And it, it was really, it was really cool. You know, uh, gear obviously makes things easier and better, but you don't have to have it for certain things. You, if, if you've got a little ingenuity, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of people would have no idea how to use, uh, how to make an improvised tourniquet, you know? Yeah. And if you don't, well, and you don't have one, well then someone may be bleeding out and you can't stop it. That's a bad situation. That's a bad situation. So, well, I'm proud of you, Chili. I'm proud of you for uh graduating that course i knew you were you would be mentally competent enough to learn the material and pass the test but you know i had to send you out into the world oh yeah and, and i was big problem i was you know i i i i, I thought you were going to be able to you know but but you never know because when you send, <laughs> you doubt me when when you send Chili out into the world, really when you send well, yeah, Chili. When you send Chili out into the world, you never know what's going to happen. 
I had to talk him down. What if you sent you out into the world? I do well in the world. I don't. I know you don't. You you don't have quite the patience yet. Listen, Chili is a Georgia squirrel, not a North Carolina squirrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm Southeast Tennessee it'll, squirrel. It'll I'm come though. It'll it'll come right now though. It's 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 the world's a dangerous place for you, Chili. <laughs> right now it is. I just want to hear. Do you, are you feel open to share about your CPR experience in uh in your class? We're probably better not. Okay. <laughs> I mean. We could, but I had I, to talk him down. I think from that scenario, is that the one you called me and told me about? Maybe. I, well, when you say the world's a dangerous place, the reason I don't do well in the world is because I don't do good with rules or regulations or being. Well, you're not conforming to the world, but you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I don't like, no, I don't like being in the world. And that's, you know, a big concern of mine was how many rules there was going to be at this place and all this, but it was good. Uh, but no, I don't, you know, I got, so the certification I got was the CPR certification, CPR trained and wilderness first responder. So I'll have to go back in two years somewhere and get CPR trained and three years for wilderness first responder. To, re- to recertify yeah yeah and that'll be that's not all online that's actually you go back to the place and that's right spend a weekend i think pn does some of that research he does cpr does he yeah he could yeah. okay cool but but yeah um we'll keep you up to date we're, we're, we're gonna keep you up to date you don't you worry about that but no i didn't being of the world i didn't that's one thing that i didn't well, y'all might be confused about we're talking about being of the world, being out in the world, right? When you go out into a big city, or you go into this any any in public environment, you're basically just saying, "Okay, I'm gonna be a part of this." For for how, if you're in amongst it, and things can happen, and people can do things to upset you. And it's really a dangerous environment in a lot of places. These big cities and stuff. It's like we got to go up to Connecticut this um, this past or, or this coming weekend. And it's like I told Blake, I'm like, hey man, let's just drive up there. Yeah. And, and <laughs> uh, of course, that's a 14 hour drive. And like I get it, it sucks. But that, in my mind, is my effort. To isolate myself from the world because I can maintain my little environment in that suburban with with everything that I think I need, right, from here to there. But now when you drive when you Y'all step flying, when you? you step foot in that airport, you're just you're just saying, All right, I'm gonna be you're exposing yourself to the world. And I try to not not that I'm a hermit. You're feral is what you are. <laughs> I, I've traveled enough and I'm cultured enough that I can go out into the world and act civil. Um, you know, but definitely if I can, it, especially now, uh, if I can kind of isolate myself from going out into the world, you know, in, in the, the biblical example of this in my mind is in first first Thessalonians and it says make it your ambition 
to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands. Just as we told you so that your daily daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. That to me is like a picture of what we're saying by like well kind of isolating yourself from the world is make it your ambition to live a quiet life, work with your hands. All right? And that's pretty that that's what well, I mean. Why did it says so that what? What was the end of it? So that uh so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Mm-hmm. Okay? And what it was two things, right? What was the other one? I mean, this lead is, a quiet life, mind your own business and work with your hands. But so that so that you your daily life will win, win the respect of outsiders and you will not become dependent on anybody Mm -hmm. that's a good challenge for everybody right there man but it's not live a quiet life because you don't like the world it's live a quiet life for those two reasons i mean it's good to live a quiet life but be sure you're not just doing it because you just don't like it you have to do it in a manner that it's going to achieve those results we have to i mean what People are going to be confused because we're in the world, obviously, and you have to be. You can't really, I mean, you can isolate yourself more than others, but it's in the world, not of the world, right? That's what everybody always says. But what we're talking about is putting yourself in situations. A public environment. A public environment, you know, I just don't enjoy that, but. You never know what's coming, man. No. And that's why I was trying to opt for the drive. Yeah, that's crazy, y'all are flying. Listen, I'll drive up to about eight hours for one day a thing, but I ain't driving 14 hours for a one-day thing and turn around driving 14 hours back. I just ain't doing it. Boy, that's, I ain't a big flyer. No, I ain't. I, I'm going to tell you, them them airports are hostile. I can't believe they are. That is a hostile environment. <laughs> I pretty much swore off flying when I was young, and I ended up doing it once, but I don't want to do it again. I mean, them. I, I mean, them people on them that work them airplanes, they act like they act like it offends them <laughs> that you decided to come and pay for your ticket and take a ride on that airplane. You know, I used to not. They're think, offended by you being there. You're, you're not, not a customer. Why did you come? Why did you fly on this airplane, you dummy? <laughs> I used to not think airplanes were real. Well, they are, I guarantee you. I didn't think you could really do it. I thought what they did is they put that you walked in the airport and they shot you with one of those mind erasing things and then you just got to where you were going and then they shocked it back. I don't know. I, some about it don't even seem like it's possible. That's classic chili style right there. <laughs> well, it ain't good for you. I can go ahead and tell you that much. No. Uh, but anyways, we decided to fly. Oh, I, hey, before we dig into this um, this vaccine talk, I want to tell you guys, we got our store back up online, 307project.com. Click the drop-down menu. Click it's just a store tab. Store tab. And we've got our apparel back up, and we've got a couple. We've got a, what else do we have? Hats. We've got new patch hats. Uh, one new design. Well, I guess two new designs. The shop shirt. and Yeah. 
But yeah. is Shay making our hats? Mm-hmm. Shay's making our hats. I think our apparel right now is the best that it's ever been. So um, we've went through multiple phases of this, trying different ways to do this. And what we've really decided to do is hone it down into some design, some standard designs that we really like, put them on a really comfortable T-shirt and have those there. And then every so often, we're going to come out with a limited run design. So um, that's that's what we're doing with it. And I think the apparel looks and feels better now than it ever has. So we're really happy to have that back in-house. We're going to have fun with it. Um, obviously we want to hear you guys inputs on the, uh, on the designs, on the shirts and all that stuff. And, um, this limited run thing, the, the cool thing about it is if you guys that listen to the podcast have input on something you would like to see, we can implement that as a limited run thing. Mm -hmm. So if you guys see something or hear something or, um, want something different, Man, we love to hear your input, but it is up now, and uh, y'all go check it out. I'm pumped about it. Yeah. I've been wearing my new, my new shirts like all week long. I love them. It's yeah. the everything. The print is better. The shirt is better. Uh, to me, for for my body type personally, it's as good. It's better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm really satisfied with it. Um. Oh yeah. So. I told you I'd tell you a story. Yeah. We talked about how if we open this Team BT up to the public, this is not a come and be coached session. This is a come and fellowship and PT session. Um, I'll tell you a story about uh, a 100-mile race I did a few years back with uh, my buddy Jesse. And this was before... I had I I did I wasn't really living a public life at the time, so didn't everybody didn't know I can't go to a race now without 90 percent of people knowing who I am. Back then it wasn't that way, and but everybody knew who Jesse was, right? And so we just got another sign up for the fifty k. Nice put us up about fifty two, I think. Thousand mm-hmm. dollars first place, thousand dollars. Um. So we're, we go out to this run, a 100-mile race. We're out on the course. We're, we're probably like 30, 40 miles deep. And there's this guy named Billy. And Billy's well-known across the ultra-running scene because he did like, he did like 100, 100-mile races in a year or something. And, and he, he carried a flag with him. On every race, he carried mm-hmm. this big American flag. All right, Billy. So we're running along. Well, Billy comes up on us, and he starts talking our ears off. And, like, at first, it's cool, right? Like, oh, yeah, we get to meet Billy. We get to hear about what he's doing, what's the flag all about, you know? Is he, like, enamored with Jesse or something? Yeah, essentially. And so he just... But then he just doesn't leave. And so after like two hours or three hours running, Billy talking the whole time, he won't, he will not listen to anything. All right. 
So, like, we try to speed up. Billy speeds right up with us. And then we're like, all right, Billy, we're going to slow down a little bit. We Billy slows down with us. And he's on us like a tick, son. <laughs> and, and, and the people I was running with, it was Jesse and some other people, like, we couldn't speed up enough to drop him. And, and if we slowed down, he would just slow down with us. So finally, Jesse looks over. <laughs> he looks over at me and he says, Chad, I would rather DNF this race <laughs> than run another mile listening to Billy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yes, I agree 100%. I agree with that statement. And so I look over at Billy and uh I, I just I just completely tell Billy how I feel about what he's doing. And I'm like, look, Billy, we came out here to have conversation. We came out here as a group. We're working through this as like a uh as as friends and, and a and a group. And I'm like, you've either got to go ahead and run your own race. Or you got to drop back and get behind us. But, man, you can't run with us anymore. I've never had to do that at an ultra before. Never in my life. But, like, I think it goes back to, like, people's social skills are out of whack. Yeah. People cannot listen. Like, it would have been cool if Billy ran with us if it was, a like, a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen. How many people do you meet they, that, that just cannot, will not shut up when they do shut up and you actually get a word in? They're zoned out and they're thinking about what they're going to say next and they don't even register. It doesn't even, whatever you said does not even register with them. It's, 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 it, look, man. I just had to tell y'all, I've never had to do that in ultra running, but that was one for the ages right there, son. What are you laughing at, Chili? I mean, that was a good story, but I just don't know what it has to do with anything. It doesn't have to do with anything. I just I just told you guys I would tell you that story. That just made me laugh. Because you, you were talking about people do that to you at, at races. Well, and when you're at a race, you're there to race, man. Like, you're not there to make friends. Like we can make friends at after the after. race is over, or if you're just there to just just like run, then that's cool, right? But if you're actually there to race and get this thing done, and it's something that's difficult for you, you need to stay focused on what you're doing, man. And people need to respect that. Well, I will. I will say, I've I've never had to deal with it during the race. I mean. Because you can just pull a, you can just run. Usually, you can just. I, I'm the same well, way. Yeah. Usually, you if if I you don't want to be around that person bad enough, you can muster up enough strength <laughs> to drop them. Most of the time, you know. Luke tried to pull that with me at the Mid State Mile. Man, he thought he was going to hang on and just talk my freaking ear off at the Mid State Mile. Well, that's kind of hard to separate from people on a course like that. Yeah. I mean, you start and you... St well, I mean, I had to have a little talk with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I had to have a little talk with him. Where'd you get that Sonic name tag, by the way? Former employee, man. <laughs> did you roller skate and deliver, or did you just walk? You like it? 
I do. I like it. it looks sharp on that shirt. It says chili. Did you roller skate or walk no, when you delivered food? I don't know how to skate. All right, let's take a little break, and we'll talk about this vaccine thing. Let's take a break before the podcast starts. <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, the whole first part of that episode was just to give Blake enough time to think about what he wanted to say uh, as we now go and dig into the topic that we announced at the beginning of the podcast. Um, again, the question was, how do you feel about vaccine mandates, politics aside, from a biblical standpoint? You know, I think the big question in people's mind, and, and I don't know if this is on, on what Austin was kind of referencing, Austin Sheeb um, <laughs> was referencing, but, you know, I think there's, there's this talk, uh, you talk in any, he asked directly referencing this from a biblical perspective without politics being involved in it. And uh, why should we, why, why do we even talk? Blake doesn't like that we're even talking about this. But here's the thing it's not that I don't like talking about it. I just feel like we have already talked about it. We've never said anything about a vaccine. Never. We all have a decision to make here. So we should yeah. we should we should talk this is something you listening to this you have a decision to make of whether you're going to get a vaccine or not. I have the same decision. We we all have to make this decision now. And so um that that's why if I can give you my perspective on it, you can take it or leave it. It's simply my perspective. But you asked for my perspective, so I'll give it to you. And people talk about referencing this from a biblical perspective. Well, quite obviously, I don't know of any scripture that references or would even necessarily apply to vaccines. And I personally have gotten probably every vaccine on earth. When I was in the Navy, before I would deploy to some crap hole country, um, they would run me through an assembly line, literally an assembly line, and I would get multiple, multiple, multiple vaccines all in the same moment. And I never had any adverse anything from that, at least I haven't currently experienced any adverse anything from from that. Um, but also those vaccines that we received in the Navy were all for like diseases, I think, that have been around for a while. And they were also for diseases that were like, like you didn't want to get it. Like I remember being in Nigeria and like seeing these poor Nigerians sitting on skateboards, rolling themselves around with their hands because they were uh, literally like they they were so crippled from polio that they, they couldn't walk at all. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I got that polio vaccine. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, hey, man, vaccines are freaking awesome. And 
if there is a vaccine out there, me as a Christian, I don't have any gut feeling or really biblical reference to give you that says, yes, you have to get this or no, you shouldn't get this. To be totally honest with you, I'm, I'm totally fine with the concept of a vaccine. Now, here's, I think, where it comes into play from a biblical perspective is Austin referenced vaccine mandates, which takes this to a different level. And the Christian community, I think, is that they, I think they are tying this in with somehow potentially being the mark of the beast, right? That we hear about in Revelations. Now look, let's just, everybody talks about the mark of the beast. When's the last time you actually read this? <laughs> you, listener. Let, let's see what it says right here, all right? We'll start in verse 13. This is Revelation chapter 13. We'll start in verse 13. Um, and we'll go through verse 18. And he, that's this is speaking of the Antichrist, doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did not live. All right, this is referencing a prior uh, portion here. Here's where we where we get into the whole mark of the beast. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship to the image of the beast to be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. This is a mandate. This sounds like a mandate to me. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. So here's where we see the mark of the beast. We see that um, in Revelation, it is going to be a mandate, and for you to receive this mark on your hand or your forehead, I take this as a literal interpretation, all right? Um, and you will not be able to buy or sell. So you won't be able to be a part of the world. Commerce. Or, yeah, commerce. You, you won't be able to go to the grocery store and whatever without this mark. Um, do I think the vaccine could be this? No. I mean, re reading this? Mm -hmm. No. It couldn't. It can't be. Um. I think that it could be it it could potentially serve as a a precursor or something that's 
warming us up to the idea yeah. of this mark, right? Which has to happen. This to lead global society into a place or a mindset where they are willing to obey a mandate, forcing them to receive this mark in order to participate in commerce, that has, society has to warm up to that idea. This could be the stamp tax of the mark of the beast. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, the stamp tax, and now we have all of this. So is this a part of, is, could this vaccine mandate be a part of that progressive um, warm-up to what this is going to look like uh, during the, the tribulation time period? Yeah. I, I think everything that's happening mm -hmm. in the world is obviously warming up to this, th this culmination that we read about in the book of Revelations. Every everything that you see, right, and you know it, it's uh this has this has to happen. All, all of this has to happen. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. Unfortunately, for some of us, uh, not us, but for some people, unfortunately, this is going to happen. Um, now, since this is happening, what's the best thing that we can do? Go back to that verse in 1 Thessalonians. Live a, aspire to live a quiet life. Work with your hands. Um, so that people see that, are drawn to it, right? And you're not in debt to anyone. Mm -hmm. That's that's the you know, that's what we that's we should definitely be aspiring to do that now. But anyways, no guys, I can I can definitively I think I don't want to say anything. I guess I should take that word back definitively. I can say with confidence that this vaccine is not the mark of the beast yeah. that's spoken of in, in Revelation. I don't think it matches up with the biblical text uh, and description of it. No, you would have to go to the store and they say, let me see your mark where you've gotten the vaccine and, and how that identifies with you. Your forehead or your hand. Yeah. Yeah, so let me see your forehead or your hand where you've got the vaccine. And then beyond that, it needs to be a mark that is symbolizing the beast. That's not right. Not just a scar. It couldn't just be a scar where you had gotten the, the you know. It, it really is. It, you're exactly right, Blake. That's a whole nother, a whole nother point is basically if you we read the context uh, leading up to the description of the mark, and it's talking about how at this point – the Antichrist is has it has set up his image or the image of the beast, and he the Antichrist somehow has the power to make this image of the beast talk um, and it, basically make it look alive. Now, however, they do that through some sort of technology or animation, or whether it's really like some spiritual power that the Antichrist has to make this image come to life and speak. We don't know. We don't. I don't know what that's going. How that's going to work. But basically, this mark is showing submission yeah. to that authority and worshiping that government. Essentially, yeah. It's not the just, vaccine. Don't don't hit the mark on that, buddy. Mm -mm. No, I mean they could do similar things. They could say, "Hey, you can't participate in commerce if you don't show your vaccine card." 
they could do similar things, but it's still not the mark of the beast. Yeah. At that point. I I have to say you're right, Blake. Yep. You got anything on this, Chili? Well, you know, we talked a little bit before, and you hit on a lot of that. Uh, if I, I guess I'll first say what I always have loved about that verse in First Thessalonians is, you know, on the topic of liberty, which I think all about every day, I I love the concept of, you know, if there's got to be a government in place over all of your, everybody's life, you know, that they allow you to live quiet lives, right? That they don't get in the way of that. Like sometimes when you see tyrannical regimes, they get in the way of people that are trying to just live quiet lives. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, and, and this and this in, current in, in a way, this vaccine is and or can very it, quickly get in the way of you living a quiet life, absolutely, and working with your hands. They they have literally, they are literally now implementing programs where they are going to people's homes, absolutely, and knocking on your door. They're coming onto your private property interrupting your quiet life in order to tell you about and if you so choose to administer a vaccine to you that's getting in the way of my quiet life i'm going to go ahead and that's, tell you yeah that's what i'm saying so but as far as um you know he didn't i guess austin didn't specifically ask about the mark of the beast but that that's exactly what most people think it's the only context and, i have on this biblically, well really. no that's what people are getting at maybe he wasn't but that's what most people are getting at and you know eschatology is an interest interesting subject that i've studied my entire life in times the you know i've my entire life i literally spent an entire semester worth of school uh, four months, five months studying nothing but that. Uh, I, I've spent a lot of time on it. And the, the joke we always made with each other was like, you don't, <laughs> you, sometimes, you know, more going into the class than you do coming out because it's so confusing, you know? Um, but, uh, that's, that's not really true. Obviously, you know, so much more about the, 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 the details and, and try to understand it in the timeline or whatever, but the, the timeline is what's most confusing and, and, and people don't, here's the deal with what I tend to think a mark of the beast would, would look like in real life, you know, playing out in front of you is as time moves on, it, it's more of like, you can think of it as a mark of the beast system is what I would call it. And like I said, you already touched on a lot of kind of what we talked about earlier and, and what I'm about to say, but I, maybe it's worth repeating uh, that, you know, or even an antichrist, that concept of an antichrist, you know, a lot of people have thought that certain figures throughout history were the antichrist. Oh, yeah. When Hitler was in the middle of doing his thing, uh, his, you know, takeover, he a lot of people thought they were witnessing the antichrist. Um, you know, whether that was sufficiently backed up with scripture or not, they just thought, you know, this is a evil dude clearly. And, and that's who he, that's what it was. Maybe. Well, he, it turns out he wasn't right. Obviously. 
but they weren't really wrong in thinking that necessarily. There's been plenty of kings and powerful figures. Uh, I mean, Hitler being one of them, you know, that, that, was, that was a form or a type, a precursor as the Antichrist. Like, that's, it's almost like an archetype, you know, that is repeated throughout history until finally it happens. Well, you, you know, and, and to me, these people that oh, throughout history that have looked at these figures and thought or, at, or, or maybe theorized that they are ultimately the Antichrist that's described in Revelation, that just shows their lack of knowledge of Scripture. Right. It, 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 I mean, you're you're talking about if you look at the example in Revelations, you're talking about a figurehead that deceives the entire earth at one time. Well, I mean, I, if you're deceiving a nation, that don't mean crap. Well, I mean, we called those world wars for a reason. He had a global impact. I mean, all I'm saying is, I think there's 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 a legitimate a legitimacy to the idea of precursors. Yeah, um, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I mean, you know, and I think the mark of the beast is the same way that there, like, the system is not in place yet for what you described. That's not in place. No, it's not. So that has to be put in place slowly. And I very well think a vaccine that was mandated to the population, if you wanted to buy or sell things or attend sporting events or fly in a plane is setting up that system. Yeah. No, I don't think the vaccine is the mark of the beast. But I think it is it is a perfect example of conditioning the pu- the the global public to end up getting to that point. Yep. Um I think you know I I think vaccines are all different and you know, one in particular, you know, everybody, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, a lot of vaccines are actually uh, essentially mandated, right? When you're born. I mean, I think you can get out of them. It's strongly suggested. But, yeah. But well, th- this one, I mean, this, but, but, th- but I don't know of any that, that, that if you don't get it, you can't buy or sell. So if we get to that point with this one, which there's places in the world that already have, I mean, we're breaking new ground there. That's yeah. right. And, it's, it's conditioning a mandate that you do something to your body. Well, and it's that's a, where it relates to the mark of the beast. It's a mandate that you put a mark on your body, and that, that's how the vaccine relates. And to it's it. tied to your life, to to living a normal life. Yeah, you you can't yeah. live a normal life if you mm-hmm. don't get it right. So that's that, that's another point of when. When we I've, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, actually, we have kind of covered this. Uh, how I view the vaccine mandate is that's a huge infringement on personal liberty, just like it would be an infringement on personal liberty if you told somebody that they couldn't take it. I think that's an infringement. I mean, yeah. I think person like individually owned businesses can do whatever they want if they wanted to say, "Hey, if you get the vaccine, we don't want you in here. You can't come and." Ch-. I mean. They have that right, but I think you should let people make their own decisions. Well, that's the business making their own decisions, right? Not right. The government. So I'm good with that. Yeah. But I still think, like, well, why do you care what people? You know. Mm-hmm. But this last up, my all I'm saying on that. But the the mandate is a huge infringement on liberty, and I think here's a like a practical thing you can do. I've said it before is don't 
just acquiesce to the to the convenience of that. Like, don't just get the vaccine because it'll make your life easier. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't just say, "Well, I don't want the vaccine. I'm I'm nervous about the possible side effects. I don't agree with it. It doesn't. You know, I've had whatever you think, whatever your situation is. You don't want to get it. Don't just be like, "Well, I will just so I can fly." That's that's how I think you can combat some of this stuff. Is don't just give in for convenience. That's how we've got to this point in our society anyway, is we've given up so much for the sake of convenience. And we've given up freedom, we've given up liberty, and we've given up a sense of self-respect to just have things be easier. And, and I think that's the core. It's hard to say that alone is the core degradation, but I think that summarizes really well the core degradation of our society and how we've got to the point that we're at. And, and, and a lot of people, I don't know how the state of a lot of foreign countries are. I mean, I really don't. It's hard. I'm not there. You see the news, but I don't trust that. But it seems like in many ways, the U.S. is far along in the degrading aspect that I'm talking about. Just the the society is freaking, I mean, so apart from God. So you, you no, it's not even, no, the empire is fallen. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it is It is a facade so, that is upholding it right so, now. But all I'm doing is trying to compare it to the rest of the world. I mean, I think there's places in the world that are less have less convenience than America offers, right? And I don't think... I think you can clearly even see how America is further along in the degrading than they are. And I think it plays right into it. And And this is just another aspect of it. So I think that's one thing you could do practically is don't give in for the sake of convenience anymore for anything. And that's what this will tempt a lot of people to do. Yeah. Because that's the same temptation that the Mark of the Beast is talking about. 100%. It's, it's a convenience thing. It's a convenience, yeah. And and I think the other thing Blake hit was the loyalty part of it. Right. Um, you know, and it, it even in, in the notes here in my Bible, the Mark of the Beast, which will be universally required for all transactions, will ensure loyalty to the beast. Um, so that's the other big part of it. What do you got to say, Blake? Anything? No, I've said what I thought. Well, I'm sorry you're ticked off about us having this discussion. I'm not ticked off about it. That's just all I got to say. <sighs> you and Chili have both covered it quite well. I, that's so, all I got to say. So, I, look, ultimately, this is really all that we can give you, I think, from yeah. a biblical perspective. Um, and, you know... I just I don't I don't know what else to to say from from the Bible about this subject. I mean, uh, outside of that, you still have a decision. Now the decision is yours to make whether you do this either out of convenience or out of literally you are significantly at risk from this coronavirus yeah. because you, you, there's something about your body that's compromised uh, your immune system or your your respiratory health or something like that, right? Um, you have that decision to make, and I can't tell you what to do on that. I can tell you what my gut feeling feels about it. Uh, I can tell you my opinion. I'm not getting the vaccine. You, you, you literally couldn't. You, you couldn't do anything to convince me to get it. 
Um, that's just my gut feeling on it. The This whole scenario has stunk really, really bad. Nothing about it smells good. And I just got to go with my gut feeling on this. I don't have anything in Scripture that really tells me, yes, get it, no, get it. it. I don't think it has any bearing on your salvation as a Christian, which is really all that matters anyways. Um, well, the thing here is the mandate. That's that. Yeah. Like, if you feel like you should get the vaccine for these reasons, then get it. If you don't feel like you should get it, then don't yeah. get it. And then here you have now this mandate come down, and what you don't let that mandate affect whether you your initial decision. That's right. But what they say. So that is the question. What do you feel about government mandates? It doesn't matter if it's vaccine. It doesn't matter if you got to wipe your butt front to back or back to front. <laughs> Don't matter what they're mandating. What do you think about that? And if you want to know, then we did the podcast on submitting to government authority, and I think that kind of covers that. But yeah. what I would say is, regardless what the government mandates, don't let it impact the decision that you've made based on biblical standards. And I think the mandate portion, though, is, it, like you said, it could be... It's the mandate thing you're talking about, whether it's the vaccine or whether it's um, the way you wipe your butt. But I, I think there is a, a a little a little line there delineating the va- the vaccine is delineated definitely. I think on another level from the mask mandate. All yeah. right, so you can't just lump all these mandates. Well, that was a precursor thing. to this. It, 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 yeah, it really <laughs> was. It really was. It warmed I, us I mean, all I, up. I, um, so, like, the mask mandate, like, hey, man, that's something that if you if you did have to compromise on your beliefs on that because you wanted convenience, right? Well, it wasn't a permanent thing, right? You could take, once you got out, you could take your mask off. I mean, well, we're here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put a mask on when I get on the Delta Airline uh, here in a few days. That's, that's. Look, man, oh, I don't know how to feel about that, but I'm going to have to do it, right? Now, this vaccine is is irreversible. Once it's injected into you, there ain't no taking it off or, or like saying, oh, nah, I decided. like So that I think that kind of delineates. It's, it's a yeah. whole other level as far as the mandate goes. It's something that you're doing to your body internally. Well, the the right? consequence of what they're mandating. Mm-hmm is now greater than what they were mandating, but it's still... Well, you couldn't have got to this point without having the mask mandates. I mean, I'm, that's all I'm saying. It's, the game plan's not confusing. No, I mean, it's, it's so right simple. in front of your eyes. It's so simple. But the temptation of convenience is just too great. Yeah. But... and wh- Yeah. And guys, what I want you to know is that we... As Chad and Blake and Chili, we're not immune to this. Like, we are in this... We're having to make these decisions right alongside you in real time. And, and it's things that we also struggle with. And we're I, I, we're having these conversations because it's things that I'm struggling with internally. You know, the, the essentially what we're doing this weekend is choosing convenience. We're, we're abiding by the mandate in order to make our lives more convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's tough. It's like at what level, at what level are you willing to go, you know? And and for me, 
ultimately, this the the vaccine is is across the line for me. Like, yeah, if it came down to flying for me, if I had to get if we had to fly this weekend and I had to get this vaccine, I would not fly. Yeah, I just would that. So that there's there's. There's the delineating line. The further you push that line, the harder it is to ever go back, though, is the deal. Oh, yeah. You know, because... No, you ain't going back. Right. It's, it's all progressively yep. leading up to this final yep. book here that we can read. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not going back. It's not going back. That's why, that's why our best bet is to aspire to leave, live a quiet <laughs> life, work with your hands, mind your I own business. I love that, yeah. That is your best bet. Yeah. Um... Well, one thing I just want to make a quick point is, you know, I know why people ask you stuff like that all the time. And, you know, I've been asked several times if I've gotten the vaccine or if I plan to or whatever. I mean, I mean, honestly, some people get upset when you ask personal questions like that. I don't even care about that. My biggest problem is if you're going to base your decision off of what I do. Yeah. Don't do that. That's ridiculous. I mean... A lot of people will probably be tempted to be like, oh, this person is getting it, so I'm going to get it, or this person's not. Or, I mean, they're literally using celebrities as marketing propaganda. Well, they're taking what you say as as the gospel. Yeah, gospel truth, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, please, whether you get it or don't get it, don't base that decision off of some celebrity you saw. I mean, that's just crazy. And, and yeah. And you'll do that with more decisions in your life, and you'll end up not being you, mm-hmm. and and thinking for yourself, and and you'll make decisions. You know, well, there there's something to be said for common sense, all right. And don't take if you have common sense, don't take that for granted, and lean into that. Right, lean into that common sense is what that's all I'm doing on this decision specifically about the vaccine is I'm leaning into my common sense. It's not a fear-based thing. It's me looking at the totality of the situation, obviously keeping my ears open to not only the scientific aspect of it, but also just the cultural aspect of it and um the, the the whole the whole picture right and then using my common sense to inform my decision that's where my decision's coming from it's really not a, a scripture based decision because i've received hundreds of vaccines right it's a common sense decision for this one single instance now if the black plague breaks out again and folks are and and i'm like daggone man if i get this daggone black plague there's a 50% chance I'm going to die. I'm going to beat your dang door down to get a vaccine. Yeah, when the scamdemic becomes a pandemic, then you can get the vaccine. <laughs> That's it, man. So there's plenty of other podcasts out there where you guys can hear, get more scientific and, and, and you know, debatable information on this topic. That's not what this is about. We just wanted to hit it from that scriptural aspect. Blake, I know in the next uh, episode, I know you've got some stuff on your heart. You wanted to discuss some topics of uh, like judgment in and out of the body of Christ and what that stuff looks like and 
That's actually what I was going to talk about on today's podcast until this question came in, and I just felt led to kind of address that. So we'll yeah. hit those on, on the next episode. We'll actually record that episode tomorrow. Um, you guys won't be hearing it until uh, uh, next Wednesday. I think the podcast release, I'm going to switch up the way we release these podcasts a little bit. Um, instead of doing Monday and Wednesday, I'm going to try to do Sunday and Wednesday. All right, that way, because I find myself trying to listen to a podcast on like a Sunday afternoon run or, or drive or something, and everyone releases their podcasts on Monday. So I think we'll start doing one on Sunday and then one on Wednesday. Good idea. Um, so I'm going to switch that up just a little bit for you guys. Um, but, yeah, we're about an hour and ten minutes deep in this. I know y'all got a bunch of work to do today. Anything else y'all want to put out? Nope, I'm good. All right, well, thanks thank for hosting the 307 podcast today, Chad. <laughs> well, thanks for being such a big part of the conversation, Blake. Um, you, know, you know, it's hard to be when you got um, – Billy over here talking year off. We did an episode the other day where you actually did quite a bit of talking. Yeah. And it, it was commented on multiple times that you were on point. Really. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting into the next episode where we talk about the things that are on your heart. Because I think people like to hear you talk. Well, thank you. Yeah. Which one did he talk a lot in? The one I wasn't here? I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was the one with Brooke. I've been holding okay. him back. Yeah, it was the one with Brooke about uh, yoga and stuff. So, uh, he got Blake got a lot of accolades on that podcast. Well, well, listen, my default is to listen. So, if someone's going to talk, I'm just going to listen. That's just how it is. And if nobody's going to talk, and then I'll, I'll say some things. But if someone's going to talk, I'm just going to listen. And I've got two talkers in well, here. Well, me and so. Chili, we don't have yeah. no problem talking on yeah. the podcast. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining in. We'll talk to you all soon. Enough said.